Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. So it says in the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, verse 1, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth and order a declaration of those things which are, surely, which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, from which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all these things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, we are grateful, Lord, again to be in your house today. We're thankful, Lord, for... Uh, this group that's assembled here this morning, we're thankful, God, that we have the opportunity to worship you in song and in reading of your word. We, uh, God, ask that you would have your hand upon the, uh, the body of the church this morning and, God, this week uh, as those that have set time apart to uh, have a vacation Bible school. We believe, dear God, uh, it's a very important time for young kids and maybe, uh, dear Lord, there might be some that come that have never uh, given their life to you, and this week might be that opportunity. So we would ask, dear God, that you would be upon them. Be upon, God, the word this morning, Lord, that our ears and our hearts and our minds would be open to receive what you have prepared for us today. We thank you, dear Lord Jesus. And we ask, God, that we would never stop telling about your love and about our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. I don't know, again, looking at this, and it, it's a, maybe a little bit strange even to me, uh, the way that it may come out this morning, but as we look here, the writer of this book, and he's, he's it, basically, in my words, what he's saying is, you've heard this story before, you've heard this story from other people, <clears throat> and just like us, you may meet somebody for the first time, and you may say, You've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ before. You've heard about his love for you. You've heard uh, about the fact that he died for you and that he rose for you. I know that you've heard that before, but it, as the writer here is saying, he said, it seemed good to me to tell you again about how good Jesus is. And sometimes I, I, I think I'm looking at that and I'm like, I wonder if, if sometimes we think that person that we come into contact with, well, they've probably heard the gospel before. I don't need to evangelize to them, or I don't, need to, I don't need to testify to them, or I don't need to tell them of the love of Jesus Christ because I know they've heard it before. 
And I wonder if sometimes maybe we lose the opportunity to be able to tell somebody again about, about the love of Jesus Christ just because we think, well, they've heard it again. Or maybe, maybe because, well, that person's already saved. Maybe I don't need to talk to them about Jesus. Well, this writer here, he says, it seemed good to me that I would tell you again these things that I have seen, these things that I have witnessed, these things that I have experienced. And, and we think about that in our own lives, and maybe uh, that person that you're looking at, absolutely, they do know Jesus. They have uh, committed their life to him, and they have been saved. But maybe they're going through a tough time, and maybe it would be good for you to speak to them again to say, hey, it looks like you're going through a tough time. Let me tell you about how God has uh, God has sustained me. God has risen me up. God has protected me. You know, I went through this tough time. I went through this struggle. I went through whatever it is, and God was right there with me. So sometimes it seems good to me, and I know it seems good to you to tell them again. I shouldn't be sitting around waiting for somebody else to tell them about Jesus, even if it's for the first time. I got the opportunity I guess it was Friday morning to see some people on the square in Litchfield carrying some crosses on their shoulder, waving at people, telling people as they drove around the square that Jesus loved them. Are there some people that probably thought, well, man, there's some crazy people? Yeah, maybe they were right. <laughs> and maybe... There were people that drove by and they laughed and they thought, look at those idiots standing out there. Probably. But what if there was one person that was going around that square and they saw that cross on that person's shoulder and they thought, I wonder what they're doing. And what if that one person would have pulled over and stopped or that one person that they stopped by, uh, by the side of the road or, or on the sidewalk and they began to tell them about Jesus Christ and, and would it be for all those laughs and would it be uh, for all that persecution maybe that they faced in order to go through that to tell that one person that would receive the love of Jesus Christ, was it worth it? Yeah, it was worth it. Would it be worth, would it be worth uh, for us to give of some of our time, to give of some of our resources, to, uh, to give up a couple nights this week to come and to help and to teach people and to teach kids about Jesus Christ? Would it be worth that? Even though maybe they're going to hear it anyway, we could be a part of that. We could be a part of getting to tell some small kid the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 for the first time. You could be the part of looking into the eyes of a kid when they begin to realize that this Jesus Christ that they've heard about can truly be their Savior. Man, Kenny, it seems like such a small price for us to pay to miss out on that, that if we would just, well, I'm going to get off the couch for a couple hours and I'm going to go direct traffic in the parking lot. It doesn't seem like much of a thing, but somebody's got to do it. I was writing down some notes and looking over this scripture, and I wrote it at the top, and, and I was going to say it first, but I could hear Kathy in the background shaking her head saying no because it had the word ain't in it. <clears throat> and what I was going to say is, is turn to somebody and say, I ain't waiting for you. I'm not, Kathy, you can look at Larry and say, I'm not waiting for you. Okay. <clears throat> So all too often, I think sometimes, we sit around waiting for someone else to be the church, 
So we look up and we see Pastor Wayne and we think the first time when we hear that somebody is sick or we hear that somebody is not doing well, well, I got to text Wayne and I got to call him so he can pray for him. And I know absolutely beyond the shadow of a doubt, Wayne wants you to do that, but what would hurt that you would pray for that person right then? What would hurt that you would extend the love of Jesus Christ and you would say, I don't have to wait to tell the pastor about this. Yeah, I'll tell him later. Uh, I'll let him know later what's going on. But right now, the most important thing is to get this person into the throne room of the Lord and say, God, here they are. You know what's going on. You don't have to be the pastor to do those things. You don't have to be the preacher. You don't have to be the usher. You don't have to be one of the women standing out in the lobby to smile at somebody that you see for the first time. Or the second time, I ain't going to stand around and wait on somebody else to do God's work when God is calling me and God is calling you to do it. I'm not going to stand around, Charlie, and wait for somebody else to receive those blessings when God is calling each and every one of us to go. I heard this not too long ago, and maybe I'd heard it several times before, but the first two letters of the gospel are what? G-O, go. I think that's important for us in the church. And what the writer of this book here is saying at the beginning, he said, I know you've heard this before, and I know, and, and sometimes I think that myself, that I stand before a group of people in the church, and I know they've heard the message before, but I'm going to tell you again that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. <clears throat> I wrote down, again, was, my, was writing down some things, and I start to write there about, there in verse number one, it says, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth a declaration, an order of declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. So I began to process that in my mind a little bit, and I thought, okay, what are those things that are most surely believed among us? Now we could begin to tell of the stories that we know. The the stories that we met in excuse me, that we learned in Bible school and Sunday school, <clears throat> we can begin to start telling the experiences of the way that God has lifted us up and he set us free and he's, uh, he set us free from, um, from addiction of, of whatever it is. He's pulled us out of a period of darkness or, or depression, whatever it is, in the way that God interacts with your life and what a powerful example and a powerful testimony that each of us has. So it says of those things that are most surely believed among us. There at the end, if you can pull that up there again, verse number one, there the, the last line, the things that are most surely believed among us. So I'm looking at it and I thought, okay, what are those things that are most surely believed by me? And maybe for yourself sometimes you'll look at that and you'll say, okay, what are those things that are most surely believed by me? that I have the opportunity to tell. So I started listing some things, and I stopped very quickly, and I was going to write, Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my sustainer. Uh, Jesus is the, uh, the, the bread, the life, and all this thing. <clears throat> and I stopped after I wrote two words, and I just wrote, Jesus is. And that, that right then, for that instance, for me, sitting there at my kitchen table, that was enough to write down to say, Jesus is. For each and every one of you, you've heard this many times before, but it seems good to me to tell you this again this morning, Jake, Jesus is. He's exactly what you need. He's exactly 
what can fill the void within you. I heard, I heard a lady one time give a, uh, an example of, of the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ, and it's really, it's really stuck in my spirit uh, over several years. And she said, you know, I think that we are created with a void, and when we get up to a certain age, we begin to realize that there's something missing within our life. And she said, a lot of, tri- a lot of people try to fill that void with, uh, with, with drugs and with alcohol or, or other types of living, even things that aren't necessarily bad. People try to fill uh, the void in their life with those things. And what she said is she said the only thing that will adequately, sufficiently fill that void within our life is Jesus Christ. And until we get to that point, we're still, and maybe we live a, a life of happiness, but with Jesus Christ, we can have a life of joy. That takes a step past even a, a, a life of happiness because even as I stand here before you this morning, happiness seems kind of frivolous to me. Happiness doesn't seem like it goes very deep within our spirit, but when you have joy, you can have joy in the midst of a storm. You can have joy in the midst of heartache. You can have joy, as crazy as it sounds, you can have joy when you're experiencing the death of a loved one, when you know that loved one is in the arms of Jesus right then. So what are those things that are most surely believed among us that we need to be out telling for me? And maybe the Lord will use different words for you, but for me, he tells me that I need to be out telling people Jesus is. And even now as I'm standing here before you, the Holy Spirit works in crazy ways. He's not telling me right now that Jesus was or that Jesus is going to be Even though he was yesterday, and I believe that he's going to be tomorrow, Jesus is today. There's three people clapping. I always laugh when Wayne says that, and I'm like, you know everybody's paying attention to you, but yeah. But what are those things that are most, most assuredly believed by you? We can say that we believe a lot of things, but is it really worth it to us to sacrifice of ourselves and to go out and to tell people that Jesus is? Now, do you have to be the one that goes out onto the streets with with Charlie to put the the cross on your shoulder? Is, Is that your calling? Maybe not. Maybe that's not your calling that God would, God would call you out to, to go out and to walk around and meet new people and to tell them because for some of you all probably and for me a little bit, that seems a little bit intimidating. Man, when I see Charlie um, and Steve and um, um, Sue doing that the other day, they had these huge smiles on their face. Man, they were loving on Jesus and they were loving on people. Maybe for some of you all that just seems frightening to go out and walk up to a stranger. And I, I can understand that. So what about those people that live across the street from you? Or those people that live down the street? Or those people that you work with? Sometimes those people that are tough to love. Maybe that's the opportunity that you have to tell them that could break down this, this uh, hard outer crust that it seems like that they have, that maybe you have the opportunity to tell them about Jesus. Maybe they're putting up a front because they're scared or because <clears throat> they're living in depression, and you can tell them, you know what, I was doing some of these things some, one day, and God has delivered me from it, and God has filled my heart with joy. These things that were in the, in the next verse, it says, even as they delivered them unto us, which were from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. So uh, as the writer here is saying that, that they have seen 
physically seen the acts of Jesus Christ. And maybe we don't get to see those things with our, uh, with our physical eyes, but we see things with our spiritual eyes. But then again, maybe we do get to see Jesus. Maybe I do get to see the love of Jesus when I see my brothers and sisters giving of themselves to come <clears throat> and to decorate. Anybody else bump their head when they walked in? Okay, it's probably just me. But somebody had to come and had to decorate so that kids' faces might be able to brighten up just a little bit when they walk in and think, wow, this is pretty cool. Those things that have worked before in the past, those messages that have been delivered and we have the opportunity to deliver them again. And it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very, from the very first, to write unto thee in order. <clears throat> well, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but it seemed good that he would tell it again. Does it seem good to us? Is it really worth it? Is it really worth it of us to feel a little bit embarrassed or feel a little bit anxious is it truly worth for us to get out of our comfort zone is it truly worth it for us to sacrifice a couple evenings is it really worth it for us to sacrifice a couple hours to call that person and to talk to them and to let them know hey I know you're going through some trouble but Jesus is is it really worth your time and 50 cents for a stamp to mail a card to somebody. Thank you, Sue. Is it really worth your time to go and, and to get a, a, a bag of cheeseburgers to take to that person that's sick or some other type of food and just say, hey, you know what? You probably don't feel like cooking supper tonight. It's on me. Is it truly worth that? Because when this writer said it was good unto me to do these things, I know for us that when we make those sacrifices, even as small as they are, we are not going to outgive God, and he is going to bless us. But is it good to you to be doing what God called you to do? Maybe that hits pretty hard to think, well, I, you know, I get up and I go to church. Absolutely, you should go to church. I don't talk bad and I don't do bad things. Absolutely, you shouldn't talk bad and you shouldn't do bad things. Those are right. You know, I pay all my bills on time and um, I don't drive fast. Absolutely, those things you should do. But what are you doing for the kingdom of God? Are you waiting for somebody else to, to light a fire under you to go and do it? If that's what you're waiting for, I'm lighting your fire this morning. <clears throat> if you're waiting for permission to be doing what God has called you to do, he's giving you permission this morning to speak the name of Jesus in love, not out of spite and not out of anger, but that Jesus is my Redeemer. That Jesus is, and one of those things that seemed like it, it continues to, to come up in my mind, Jesus is my sustainer, that he continues to keep me going every single day, that I can get up out of bed, and I can get ready, and I can go to work, and I can come home, and I can do those things that he's called me to do. And I'm thankful this morning that Jesus is, and those things that he calls me to do, is it enough, uh, uh, do I have enough faith in him to be able to stand and speak to you this morning, not of myself, but in Jesus' name I do, because he truly is. 
and we don't have to sit around and we don't have to wait for somebody else to tell us it's time to work. Right now, it's time to work. And then finally, in that last verse, it says that thou mightest know the certainty of those things. I was looking at that and thinking about the certainty of those things this morning, the, the things that we know are true and the things that we know are sure. And I'm reading that, and, and I know these things. But then another word popped in my mind, if, if, and again, I'm not adding and I'm not taking from, but just to supplement the word this morning, it says that thou mightest knowest the urgency of those things. That we might have that fire that's lit underneath us that would let us know that quite frankly the time might be short for some people. The time might be short, and, and we've even heard this week of catastrophes, even in our own county, of young people that probably left their home that morning thinking of a surety that they would get back home that night, and they didn't. So quite frankly for us, I think there's a, there's a calling, and that calling has an urgency to us that we need to be telling people about the love of Jesus Christ. We've heard uh, Wayne and other preachers talk about recently that maybe uh, the, the enemy knows his time is short, so he's kicking it up a few notches. The enemy knows that his time is short, so he's going to keep trying to get people to come away from the Lord. So for us, church, that should be a call that if time truly is short, we don't know when the last days are going to be, but for somebody, their last day is today. For somebody else, their last day is tomorrow. So as the enemy begins to crank up his, uh, uh, his devices and his attitude toward pulling people away, for us as a church, we need to crank up ourselves and we need to be doing more because our time is short too. You might say, well, when do you think the world's going to end? I don't know. I don't know when the world's going to when the world's going to end. But we're not promised very many days here on earth. We're not promised, really not promised to be able to leave here in a few minutes today. What if the Lord came back here in just the next few minutes? Could you look back over your life and could you say that it was good for me to be doing the business uh, that God had called me to? Or would you look at him and say, man, I missed out. I I missed the opportunity. That person that came into contact with me when I heard the Holy Spirit whisper, tell them of my love, and I just didn't do it. Sometimes you don't even have to go out looking for those opportunities. Kenny, those opportunities will come right to you. I remember there was a time when, when I was praying that God, that you would send somebody to me, that I would have a burden for somebody. And what did he do? He brought them right down and put them across from me in my desk in my office. He brought them right there within just a couple feet of me. And when that guy sat down in front of me, I knew it was almost as if I could hear God say, here they are. You asked for it. Here's that guy. You were wanting somebody to tell about Jesus. Here he is. And I didn't do it. And I can remember thinking when that guy left, man, I blew it. God was entrusting me with an opportunity to witness and a, and a responsibility to tell, and I missed it. And man, that sticks in my spirit of the opportunity. Now I've heard later of that guy that he got involved with the church and, and that God did it, that somebody else didn't give up like I did, somebody else told, but what if somebody else hadn't of? What if that was his one opportunity? Are you that important? You might be that person's last shot. <clears throat> it might be that urgent for that person that they hear about Jesus Christ today. There's one other place in Scripture I want you to turn with me. 
It's in the book of Isaiah, <clears throat> chapter 6. And this is familiar, I know, to many of you all. The way that, the way that this verse comes out. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. And it says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. There's a beautiful sense, I think, to that one small verse right there. That I heard the voice of the Lord. Number one, that's important that we hear the voice of the Lord and we are listening to the voice of the Lord. And that, that when he speaks, we are ready uh, to respond to that voice. So most importantly, we have to be in tune to where uh, in living our life in a way that when God speaks, we know his voice. The word tells us that, that the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. So we as the sheep, we need to be living our life in accordance to his will so that when he calls us, we would be ready, Steve, to be able to speak to that person and say, hey, whatever it is. But I heard the, vo I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Maybe today you're hearing that voice of the Lord, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Now we see in other places of scripture, I heard a, <clears throat> I heard a preacher one time use the, this analogy and it was pretty cute. I thought he said, you know, you look at when uh, uh, God was calling Moses to lead the children, that, that Moses heard the voice of the Lord and, and Moses heard God say, whom shall I send? And Moses said, here I am, send Aaron. <clears throat> he can talk gooder than I can. And sometimes I think we hear the voice of the Lord and we hear him say, who can do this work for me? Who will I send? And he say, who will go on my behalf? And we wave our arms and we say, here I am, God. Ah, but I don't want to do that one. Give me the next one. Here I am, God. I want to be part of your kingdom. But I don't want to go talk to that guy. He's, he's pretty hard-headed. Here I am, God, pick me, but I don't want to be the one parking the cars out in the, out in the parking lot. They're not going to get any attention. So maybe today you are hearing the voice of the Lord saying, I need somebody to fill in the blank. Will you be the one raising your hand and say, here I am, God, send somebody else? Or will we be like Isaiah and say, here I am, Lord, send me? Here I am, God, use me. And, and it's so easy for us to say that. And it would be so easy for us to come up and pray and to confess that, God, I'm, I'm going to be ready to, to go whenever you say go. And I'm going to be ready to, to sing when you say sing or to, or to speak when you say speak. And it's so easy for us to come forward and admit that we're going to do that. But when that opportunity comes up this week, will we really do it? When we're walking and we hear God say, who will, who will I send and speak to that person on my behalf? Will we be jumping up and down, raising our hands, saying, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And then we actually do it. Or, 
unfortunately, sometimes we'll be like that, that higher up in the church that's walking down the road and sees the person that's been beaten up and we'll cross over the road and go by and not look that way. But I believe here in this group, we got some good Samaritans. I believe we've got some groups, or we got some people in this group right here that maybe there'll be a little bit of anxiousness about it and maybe there'll be a little bit of uncomfortableness inside us and maybe there'll be a little bit of, oh, I don't know if I can do that. But yet we'll extend our hand and we'll say, here I am, God, send me. Here I am, God, I'll do it. Yeah, I might, I might mess it up on my own by myself, but God, I, I'm going to do it for your sake because it's good to me and it's worthy or it's worth to me to be being your hands and your feet, your arms and your legs. If you skip down a couple verses down to verse number 12, no, excuse me, in verse number 11, and then said, I, Lord, how long? <clears throat> so maybe you're thinking, okay, what kind of term am I, am I committing myself to? What kind of tour? You know, when you join the, the armed forces, I, I guess you sign up for a certain amount of time. How, how long, God, do you want me to be a part of this until the cities be wasted away without inhabitants? So I'm thinking, God, what exactly does that mean to us? It's as if God spoke back and he said, until there's no more lost. Until everybody that you know of in, in your county, in your state, in your country, in your world, when do, you, when do you stop telling about Jesus when there's not any more lost? So it's going to be a while. So it's a big undertaking and it's a big responsibility that when Jesus said, or when the, uh, um, as it says here, when the Lord said, whom shall I send? When you say send me, you're going to be at it for a while. But man, I promise you it's going to be worth it. Praise team, if you guys will go ahead and come on up. It's not just a two-year tour or a four-year sign-up that you've got. But the calling that God makes to us is, is for a lifetime. It's a big responsibility, absolutely. <clears throat> but what if that person that introduced you to Jesus, what if that person that God put before you that they said, God said, okay, I, I need this person told about my love. What if that person would have said, eh, I don't really feel like it today. What if the next person that God sent to you thought, ah, that guy's pretty hard-headed. I, I don't know if I want to do that or not. I need somebody to go see this big tall, this big tall guy, Stephen Smith, because he don't know the Lord. I need somebody to go, what if all those people had given up on me and just decided, nah, he's really not worth it? What if they all said, eh, it's, he's not, eh, it's not good to me to be going? What if that was you that everybody gave up on and said, not really today, I don't want to. Somebody told you about Jesus Christ. And I know for some of us, we, we were raised up in church and heard of Jesus Christ our whole lives. <clears throat> but I think about those saints of God that were in the church before me, that blazed a trail, that kept the doors open, and the works that they did before me, those were the people for me that didn't give up. It seemed good unto them to continue the work of the church even though there was other people to do it they still did it <clears throat> I 
So maybe this morning for the first time, you're hearing this voice of God and maybe he's not telling you to go, maybe he's telling you to come. Maybe he's calling out and he's saying, I need more people in my army and I want you. Maybe he's saying, I need, I need you to be on my team and I don't want you fighting for the other team anymore. Today is the day for you to come and join my army. You can look around and you can say, well, God, you've got all these other people in your army. You're worth enough to God that he wants you to. You're worth, enough, you're worth enough for God that he would send those people out into the highways and hedges. You're worth enough for God that he would call men to stand and to preach the word. You're worth enough to God that he would call people to be in a praise team that, that they could usher in the Holy Spirit and, and begin a word. See, you're worth enough to God that he would make a way for you. So this morning, maybe you're hearing that voice and you're thinking it's time. Here in a moment, we'll have the opportunity to come and pray. There'll be people come and pray for direction in their lives. There may be people come and, and, and pray for boldness and maybe you're, you're coming to pray for the first time and saying, Lord, I don't know you, but I want to be part of your team. Other people have told this story before, but it's worth it. You're worth it to Jesus that he would die for you. One of the hardest things that I've thought of that when Jesus was dying on the cross, he knew that there'd be people that wouldn't make it. I believe he knew that there'd be uh, uh, people that, that wouldn't come and wouldn't accept him. But he still did it for me and you so that we could have that chance. Stand with me this morning. <clears throat> Lord, we've heard your message many times before. We've heard, Lord, it recorded in Scripture. and Lord, we've read it in Scripture many times, but maybe, dear God, this morning we're hearing it differently this morning that that God that that we're not to be waiting for someone else to do the work but God you're telling us this morning the time is now surely dear Lord we believe the goodness that you have given us the 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 happiness that we have but more importantly the joy that we have God that's enough for me to continue to do your work and to continue to do your calling. Maybe this morning, God, there are those that that want to do more. Maybe they've been convicted this morning to say, you know what, I've missed opportunities in the past, but I'm not going to miss them anymore. God, right now, you would call those people to come and pray. We thank you, God, that there's forgiveness when we confess. And Lord, this morning, maybe someone needs to come and confess. But most importantly, God, if that one that's here today, that's hearing your voice for the first time, not telling them to go, but telling them to come, to come to you. 
we thank you, God, that, that you send numerous messengers to us. We thank you, God, that you don't give up on us, but, but God, just as we spoke about an urgency, today might be the last chance for somebody. But we do have today, and we do have this time. So we thank you, dear Lord, for the goodness that we can experience. And we thank you this morning that Jesus is. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is king. Thank you.